I'm pretty sure people would unsubscribe if they heard that I didn't like Batman. For sure. They'd be like, this guy doesn't know what it's talking about. That's for sure. JJ, don't put that in the intro, dude. Kevin Durant returns from injury, The Beard makes his Philly debut, and John Morant is becoming one of the biggest attractions in the NBA. I'm Rosa Panda. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living? The worm or the glove? Ooh, that's a good question. John, how you living? I am doing great. And the worm. Ooh, Sammy, how you living, my friend? I'm good. And like Michael Jordan, I will also take the worm. Ooh. <laughs> Dude, it's a clean sweep because I'm taking the worm too. But Kevin Durant makes his return from injury against Miami. Unfortunately, they lose. But Kevin Durant scores 31 points, four rebounds, four assists. What did you guys think of Kevin Durant's return? I think it says something about how good he is that he could step back in after out being out what six weeks yeah just going and dropping 31 no Kyrie because it's a home game no Simmons because his back had a setback apparently and probably will until after March 10th when they play the Sixers Uh, just it speaks to his his greatness and it also speaks to there is a level of concern that if they can't get this squad together in the next few weeks, then are they gonna get? Are they gonna gather up and create enough chemistry and time to see what these three can do together? So I right. think it's and, it's good and bad. And I think that's the big question here, right? So Kevin Durant returns, but they lose against the Miami Heat, and they need to start racking up wins. So do you guys think that Kevin Durant could get this team straight by the time the playoffs come? I think so. I think the. The Miami Heat are a good team, and so losing by six points isn't really, for me, a cause for concern. Obviously, Ben Simmons isn't playing yet, so they don't have their full cast of players, and I think they're, they'll pick it up. They're still about just over 20 games or so, and KD is that good. And my first thought wasn't even about this topic against who they played. It was back when KD was with the Warriors, and they had two of the top 10 shooters and one of the greatest scorers on the same team. Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. To me, that's that's that was so crazy. Unfortunately, you asked the question, can KD make the situation better for the Nets? But it's never been about KD, guys. It's always been about Kyrie. And now it's about Ben Simmons and you don't even have Ben Simmons playing. I mean, what's going on? You see trades happen all the time and they play the very next day or the day that they're eligible to play and Ben Simmons now has a back injury? How? You haven't been playing, dude. Right. You've been sitting out the whole time and now there's rumors that you may not even play for the whole month of March when you should be ramping up and building chemistry. Like this home game was pretty pivotal in terms of their record. Now that they're potentially going to be in the play-in, imagine if Kyrie was playing today, they only lost by quote-unquote six points. Only by six against a formidable squad like the Heat. If Kyrie was playing today and scored his usual 28, I think they would have won. But basketball is always about what ifs. And it's on Kyrie and now Ben Simmons who hasn't proved anything yet. Yeah, it's, it's definitely about the players who are on the court, like you said. And 
Also, what you said was Ben Simmons is considered day-to-day, -day, but there is reportedly... His, he might be out for all of March, like you said. Ramon, Ramona Shelbert said he had a little setback with his back injury. Woj is saying he's not going to play in that Philly game, like, quote-unquote, it's not happening. We got a bleeder! The Nets are the Lakers of the East. <laughs> Don't insult the Nets like that. Uh, and you know, if, if you're the Nets, you got to be worried, right? You, you're eighth, you're 32 and 30. Or sorry, 32 and 32, so you're just 500. But the Hornets and the Hawks are close behind. The Hornets with 31, the Hawks with 30. What do you guys think of Ben Simmons might missing like all of March? Do you think that's gonna have a huge effect on them? There is no so, bathroom. When this trade went down, I came on here and I was fully in favor. I love the trade for the Nets. And in terms of the on-court fit, I still do. But the main thing I overlooked is what's what's the best ability in sports and in the NBA in particular? Availability. That is correct. And for various reasons, we do not know what these three look like together, and now we might not know it until the playoffs. So if he doesn't play all of March, because of his style, he's such a different player than everyone else in the league, really. Like no one plays like him. So to me, that says they need even more time together with him than they would with trading for like Harden, for example. Obviously, we talked about how well Harden's playing over in Philly already. If they don't get that now, how do they figure that out when you don't have a Detroit, an Orlando, or you know, a, a Rockets to play against where you can make some mistakes and still win? If you're jumping straight into the playoffs and you have one play in and then you're jumping in against Milwaukee or Miami, you're not gonna figure that out in that series. You're gonna figure it out next year because you're gonna get knocked out in five games. Sorry, I was just gonna ask a question. I Go know that it. we had some pretty clever name names for the Nets. We had a Mr. Sensitive. What did you name Kyrie? <laughs> um, you know, I Mr. I, I know that Mr. Harden was fickle. Yeah, Miss Fickle. Kyrie, Kyrie, I called all time weird. Oh, all time weird. What are we gonna label Ben Simmons just for oh, man. comedy's sake? Bonafide scrub. That's a great question. Lost in thought. He can't play. <laughs> James Harden Jr. because he's faking an injury. No disrespect whatsoever. <laughs> I like that one. Fake, fake news. Ben Simmons. It might be. I don't know. But the interesting part about this too is that the Nets currently, like I said, are 8th, right? If they stick on 8th, the 76ers actually have a chance to catch the Heat here. They're only four games back. They could be in the first seed. They might. That might be the matchup of 1 and 8, the 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets. So let's talk about the 76ers a little bit here. James Harden had his home debut. And Joel Embiid, James Harden, and Tyrese Maxey all went crazy. Embiid with 27 points, Harden with 26 points, Maxey with 25 points. What did you guys think of James Harden's first home game in Philly? He played really well. I'll give him that. But I, I gotta say, my gripe, I really don't like it when players really butter up the, the post-game conference. To me, this is just, I mean, he, okay. His first home game that he played, it felt just like home. Come on, man! Like, Shut up! am I the only one who just finds that very disingenuous? 
That's ridiculous. Yes. It's totally Exa ridiculous. Okay, thank you. I'm not, I'm not crazy. But yeah, I mean, he played really well. And like we said earlier in, in the last episode, he seems to have fit seamlessly so far playing with Joel Embiid. And he's playing like he should have been playing in Brooklyn. But we know that with James Harden, his mood kind of dictates his performance and the way that he feels. So we'll see if he keeps up. But yeah, he, he played really well. And, you know, the Sixers, the fans have something to be excited about. But again, like we said earlier, can he do it in the playoffs? Right. That's that, what that it is comes definitely down to. a big question. Yeah. I mean, we were talking, I think, in the past and even prior to this pod about regular season sometimes being overrated. They've done a great job so far in those three games. you got to give them credit. But it's also against Minnesota and home and home with the Knicks. So I'd be curious to see it when a tougher level of competition's up, though seeing what Maxi's doing is a very pleasant surprise. It's just pretty funny that uh, the sports media has already claimed Joel Embiid and James Harden the next Kobe and Shaq. No. Blasphemous! Can y'all just relax? <laughs> I mean, Kendrick Perkins, I know you're on ESPN, but my guy, you don't need click material just like that you need to reserve those titles for the legends and Embiid he's great James Harden top 75 which could be argued I would argue against that because he hasn't proven anything in the postseason fakes injuries versus trades do I need to go on Am I I'm here? very entertained by it. I don't it. care. I, w I personally would love for you to continue to go on, but I don't know if I don't know if the Philadelphia 76er fans would like you to go. Keep going. I I 100% agree with you, JJ. 100% agree. Like, let's not crown them just yet, right? Because we don't even know if James Harden's gonna stick around for as long as what like Shaq did in LA. We have no idea. He might change his mind to like tomorrow. Running out of places. Uh, yeah, for sure. Another thing I wanted to ask. So a lot of people, you know, they they wanted to say it's like Kobe and Shaq. So Philly had a big two. What? With Tobias Harris kind of declining, kind of disappearing, you know, as the season has gone on. Tyrese Maxey. He's been playing so great. Can you call him? Is he like so good that we could call this team a big three with now Maxey? You have to use the same argument that we've been saying. We'll call it a big three when you could prove it in the big moments. Yeah. And is that fair? No, fellas? that's fair. It's fair. And um I always say you can you can't really give somebody that crown a player of an elite player or an all NBA player until they get that contract and see how they play after they get that big long term money making contract. Because then we'll see really how whether or not you're motivated by, motivated by the money or you're motivated by the game. Because there's a lot of players who we say, oh man, that guy's going to be big time, gets a fat contract, and ends up stinking on the court, or at least declines significantly. Well, well, well. True. Right. And the other thing too is, and this is just today's, not today's NBA, today's society compared to the, the past, not to sound like an old head, but this is way too small sample size. Right. Way too small sample yep. size. We need to see yep. it consistently. And I'm a big Tyrus Maxey fan. I like the way he plays. I love the way that he's adapted his game immediately to Harden coming in. But we just need to see more of it. 
like in particular yeah. in the playoffs, but even just over a longer stretch of the regular season of is this how it's going to look after 20, 30, 40 games after one season? Because like we mentioned before, Harden's on his best behavior right now. Did the same thing when he got to Brooklyn. Let's see if that stays consistent if they do flame out in the playoffs and they lose in the second round. Is he going to come back the same way? I would be ready to crown this a big three if these three games were against like the Heat, the Bulls, and the Bucks. But, you know, they, they weren't against very stiff competition, so we'll just have to wait and see. Hold up. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and up, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for the full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited, minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the TN Redline 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. John Morant apparently has driven 385 million views across the NBA socials this season, which is the third most views of any player. It goes like this. First is Steph Curry, second is LeBron James, and then third is John Morant. Basically, the world is just falling in love with Ja Morant, right? What do you guys think is so special about Ja that's so different from any other superstar that we've seen lately? Extreme athleticism. Yeah. I name dropped it at the last pod, but the last time I was super excited about a an athletic player that made me jump out of my seat was Derrick Rose. LeBron James and Stephen Curry they have high level of skill. Obviously, LeBron James, during his early age, was very athletic. But within the past few years, he had to shift his game, as you should when you grow older. Steph Curry, not your typical athletic point guard like Westbrook or D. Rose. He's more on the skill side with handles and shooting. John Morant will dunk on you, which is super sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's like v Vince Carter and Derrick Rose, Ooh, I would say. Right. Not, not right, right, right. It's styles. like the medium yeah, of both. Yeah, I kind of like that comparison. That's that's dope. Yeah. And I think with Jaw, the allure is that he was such an underdog, not just in the NBA, but coming out of college too. You have to remember at Murray State, he wasn't even a consensus top three pick until later, later in that his last year at college, that where he blew up and he just started getting on people's radars. Even in in the NBA, right? We thought he was a really good player last year, but nobody. At least I would I would assume that nobody here on this panel or a lot of people would not think that he would be in the MVP conversation here in 2022, right? His leap from last year was is significant, and I think that's awesome. Not just his athleticism, like JJ said, 
but his ability to now shoot the three at a consistent clip. He's a much better shooter yes. than last year. He's actually a much better team player. He's facilitating. He knows how to take over games when he's needed, when they're in a scoring drought. So he's doing all of the things that a superstar is supposed to do. And on top of that, he's leading his team to wins. Granted, obviously, Desmond Bain and all their other, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. and all their other role players are helping, but he is the leader of the team. He is the head of the snake, and he's going to get the credit and the blame. And he's just crushing it this year. I'm a huge, huge fan of Ja. I love it. I like this right here. I am too, and I think there's one other thing that is kind of a subtle relatability in that he's he's another guy who's six feet tall and or six one. And if you go back and you look at players that fans sometimes gravitated to, Curry's the obvious one recently. Rose, like JJ mentioned, AI is the same way. Mm-hmm. There's there's a gravitation to these guys that are, you know, not as larger than life as like Shaq or. Hakeem, for example, these guys where it's like you could never be seven foot tall, but you can be six foot and potentially yeah. try to replicate this stuff in some level of ways. And I think that there's an attraction to that, probably especially for kids. And also with with Jaw, he just seems when he when he speaks, I know he's not doing a ton of media yet, but the stuff we've seen, he just seems like a super relatable guy. Like he he's confident, but not to the level where he's super cocky and it just seems like because he's so young and comes off the way he does, it's hard not to like the guy. Definitely. Too, and want to see him do yeah. well. Yeah, and especially John, what you were saying, we can tell he works on his game. His three-point shooting looks right, 10 times better than it did last year. So I think all those things together make, it, make him this really likable guy. And he's fresh. It's a small market. We haven't seen a lot of him. We've seen a lot of LeBron. We've seen a lot of Steph. And I love watching both of those guys too, but Jaw's kind of new to the whole scene on the national level to a casual fan. And right. and I think that catches people by surprise. Yeah, he's definitely relatable in the in the sense that I can jump as high as him. Oh my goodness. On a <laughs> on a four foot rim. And a trampoline. And, a trampoline. and some moon boots. I wanna add a, one more line of props to my man John Morant. And we talked about this on the pod where there was an extensive amount of time where he was injured. The Grizzlies had a winning streak, and John Morant was even booed by his own fans at Memphis. Comes back with a vengeance. So yeah. compared to the other MVP candidates, he came, he had less time to make up ground for the MVP talk. Get over here! Yeah, 100% agree. And the thing that draws me to John Morant is like, just these crazy plays. Like, yeah. like so I, I'm a Niners fan. I've watched Frank Gore do this over and over and over where literally he disappears into a huddle and all of a sudden he just squirts right out. You think it's tackled, but no, it's not. He squirts right out and he gets another five yards. Same thing happens to John Morant. He goes into a, like a pile of people. They try to build that Giannis wall against him, right? But somehow he has a little sidestep. He works around him and he still gets a layup up. And now he's doing like ridiculous stuff like that dunk on Pirtle. Where it was a la, like, Derrick yeah. Rose, Showtime. right? Derrick Rose on Dragic, just, like, body-to-body poster. And then that buzzer beater with, like, 0.4 seconds left, a la, like, Derrick Fisher, right? How do you get that shot off? Yeah. On the baseline. Oh, and with the 0.4, yeah. That was douche. Whew. He's, um, like, do you, do you guys hear when, what Dwayne Wade said about him? He said, uh, 
in no time. He already predicts that Job will be in the top 75 of all time soon enough, which is pretty a, a pretty bold claim. I wouldn't doubt it. But I can I can totally see that. I mean, albeit yeah. hopefully he stays healthy. Yeah. You know, knock on wood. Yeah, I'm so excited hey, to man. watch him in the playoffs. I I can't wait to see him on the national stage because I think he's gonna rise up to it. Having my favorite team in the West against him is very frightening. Like, I do not want any part of the Grizzlies, especially when Dylan Brooks comes back, which is another one of my dudes. I really like that guy. But John Morant is favorite, okay, for most improved player. Should they just wipe that off and just put him as a candidate for MVP? Like, can... Like, can he be both? Is that possible? I think it's possible. I don't. Yeah. I think it's, it's possible, possible, but it's, yeah. I just feel like that. You know, with narratives and the way that people vote, it's probably unlikely. And I, I, I don't right. agree with that. I mean, if somebody deserves most improved player and and to be MVP, they should get both awards. And I think he's definitely. I agree. A candidate for both. Yeah. 100%. I'm going to move us on to our next topic here. All-star guard Devin Booker entered NBA's health and safety protocols on Wednesday. Basically, now the Suns are out, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Is anyone worried about the Suns? It's not playoff not time, yet. so no. When they hit the playoffs, then yes, I'll worry for them. Just because we all know Chris Paul is hasn't been... You know, been able to break through. If they were up one or two games for the one seed, then yes. But almost seven games ahead, about twenty games left to play. Like they would have to full on collapse and go what six and fourteen, seven and thirteen down the stretch yeah. to give up the one. Yeah, that's unlikely. There, yeah, especially Booker might only be gone for what a couple games, maybe. If he's only out for a couple, then I, I think they're going to be okay. I'll go contrarian. I'll say that it's somewhat concerning just because the Suns still have to prove that they could win without Chris Paul. No, they're ignorant. Prior to signing Chris Paul, they were, what, a 32-33 win team? True. As I stated in the last pod. So they should be able... It would be pretty impressive. I don't see them falling... From their seating, but you never know. I'll just say that. Yeah, I I would I would agree with you, JJ. I was actually hoping. I wasn't biased at all. I was hoping that the Warriors were going to be able to catch up to the Suns with Chris Paul out, but it really doesn't look that way. But speaking of the Warriors, I mean, Draymond's been out with a back issue. He was also seen talking about. LeBron James being booed by Laker fans. He basically said that, well, he was highlighting an instance where LeBron James was on the receiving end of booze. And Draymond said, I thought it was pathetic. I thought it was extremely pathetic. And like I said, I thought it was very distasteful from a fan base of an organization that has the most championships in the NBA. What do you guys think of Draymond Green's statements here? Okay, so... I don't know for a fact here whether this is true or not, but I'm gonna ask a question to the two Warrior fans here. In any game that Draymond has played horrible in recent memory or far in the past, have Warrior fans ever booed him, even momentarily? 
I don't think so. I don't. I don't recall. Okay. No bias there. <laughs> I, but I, I, <laughs> I believe you. I, think, I believe you. I think a big reason though is because Draymond is a homegrown guy. True. So True. even if he was completely horrible, like let's say in three years he's like, you know, complete trash. Like he can't even run up the court anymore. I don't think Warrior fans would even say anything. Well, well, well. How the turntables. Have liquor fans ever booed Kobe? Honestly, no, not that I can. Well, yeah, I mean, not that I can recall. No bias, obviously. Okay. But I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, but I don't recall. But it could have happened. Definitely could have happened. I I think context here matters though because a lot of the times we take booing a player. A home, a player on our own team, a superstar on our own team, for you know, booing what that that player has done in the past or what they've accomplished for the team as a whole. I think it, there there's a you have to distinguish the difference, right? That if you boo somebody, it may be because of their lack of effort. Like if LeBron isn't getting back on defense, it's clearly a lack of effort. And if you're getting paid that much money you should at least try to get back on deep he just because there have been a lot of yes. times here in this season that he's just been standing there complaining at the refs not even jogging back on defense yes. and to me to i think that warrants a boo like you're paying your hard-earned money to go watch these players who make millions of dollars and if you can't even put out effort it's not about losing it's about showing effort and to me i think that's where booing can be justified I, I get where you're coming from on that, and I think the other comment that you guys made about Draymond is very applicable here. LeBron's not—he's kind of a visitor in a way. He's almost a mercenary for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. There's not there's not a built-in loyalty there the way there is for for Kobe, for Draymond, for even Steph. Just to use this example. So if there's not that loyalty from the fans, then they're they're not going to be as attached. That's a good point. Did the Warriors like, ever boo they, Durant? Sorry, Sammy. Uh, uh, yeah, did, uh, it, did they? I don't think so. When he returned as a net. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying, Sammy? No, no just uh, especially with Kobe, you could tell that even if you didn't always like his approach, however you want to say that, you always he you could tell he always gave everything he had. Right. Like the most iconic moment I could think of with that is the Achilles and the free throws. And so there's that built-in loyalty there where even near the end of his career, he obviously wasn't quite the same player as you would expect. There was no way Laker fans were ever going to turn on him because they have all that nostalgia. That's not there with LeBron. With LeBron, they obviously won the title, but even the year they won the title, the fans weren't really even there to see it, you know? And so outside of that, if you look at the three years he's been there now, it was what? Missed playoffs, play-in, and it's going to be playing again. So there's not going to be that same built-in sense of loyalty for him, AD, definitely not Westbrook. There's the whole team, there's no one who's been there. You know, and that's that's kind of also part of this current generation of the league. And the Clippers are the same way. So there's not really the built-in loyalty there either. So I can understand the comparison in that regard and why they would boo. But it's also an effort question, like you said. He's not running back down the court. Yeah, you can boo him. He has to justify getting paid all he's getting paid, and the fans are paying to see him. Wow. 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 I always back up my boy, Draymond, and he's usually right. And in this instance, 
LeBron did win the Lakers a ring and I can't believe I'm doing this <laughs> June and Sammy but I'm going to back up the fans the Laker fans right now wow you know wow. why wow. If, if I'm a Laker fan and I'm in the in the standpoint of like John is you have you you go to this game you bring your kids you spend all this money and you see LeBron jogging okay you see you you pick up your phone you look at the news you see LeBron saying that he's displeased with the Laker organization and then the news of him wanting to play with his son which basically shows no loyalty you've always seen Steph and even Kobe say they've always wanted to remain at the team that drafted them including Tim, Tim Duncan too and and Paul Pierce even though he got traded to the Nets so if I was a Laker fan of course I would boo like what you guys were saying you pay money to see them play with effort and just along the lines of sorry I didn't mean to interrupt there but uh, just along the lines of what you're saying it reminded me of something Michael Jordan said once that applies here when you're talking about if a parent brings their child to the game right Michael Jordan made a comment once of saying, I play every game like someone's never seen me before. Oh! Yes. And that was part of the reason that to this day people are so nostalgic for him is because he gave 100% all the time and it's clear that that, that that same mode is not holding true all the time right now. And I think that's part of, part of it. I think context is sort of important here. I'm actually, I'm going to back up Draymond here. I think, so we all saw that game. We saw all the lowlights from that game. I mean, imagine you're LeBron James and you're running down the court, okay? And DJ has the ball and he throws it full court <laughs> into the stands. I'm pretty sure it hit like level 200 in Staples Center. Like nowhere near him. Ugly shot. Crypto. He knew, he knew they were going to lose that game. Rejected. And the thing is, Laker fans, he won you a ring. You can't boo the guy on your team. You can't boo your own team. I don't think you should. And you shouldn't be mad at LeBron for not wanting to try that game because that game was awful. It was one of the worst games I have seen. The worst. One of the From worst. From superstars. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not even saying that like to talk. Oh. I'm saying that just as an honest Ooh, gotta bleep person that, out. that likes to watch basketball. Honest. Sorry. Yeah, that's Oop. okay. <laughs> My bad. My ears, My ears earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. But, but here's my other, here's my other thing. Kawhi won a championship as, as a mercenary, for the Toronto Raptors, right? Hey, hey, hey. I think if Kawhi was doing that in Toronto right now, they would never boo him. They would have never done it. So don't do it to LeBron in LA. I got. Am I wrong about that? Well. I disagree, but you have your opinion. But oh, okay. I'm going to... I know we're going to close soon on this episode, but I'm going to make a few responses to that. Well, one, I'm glad you brought up DeAndre Jordan. And I said it to you, to you guys privately, but I'll say it so that everybody knows. DeAndre Jordan should be held hostage in his own home again, but prevented from signing for, with any NBA team instead of trying to sign with the Dallas Mavericks because he is truly done. He needs a fork... A very expensive fork. Stick it in him. He's done. Secondly, I think people are underestimating Draymond's intelligence here. His IQ is off the charts. People know that. But this is like Kobe level 
planting a seed, turning fans against the team. And he, they're obviously a Western Conference Ooh. rival. I like, he, in, I my, in my in my eyes, it, I think he's doing this little, he's trying to put the team in. I mean, they're already in disarray, let's be honest. But this adds to it, right? Fans against the team, team against the fans, organization against the players, whatever it is, you know? What do you think? Yeah. I, I like the tinfoil hat theory, man. I love all those theories. But, you know, that's actually all we have for tonight's pod. I want to thank you guys for being on. JJ, thank you. I want to thank you, my host. I'm going to switch up my stats. I'll always back up Draymond. And shame on you, Laker fans. <laughs> John, thanks for being on, man. Thank you. And because of that, I'm changing my pick. I'm going to go with the glove. Gary Payton over the worm. <laughs> there you go there you go Sammy thanks for being on man thanks man as a guy who was nostalgic for DeAndre as a clipper it's sad to see that he threw that ball so far he landed in Philadelphia I'm just I'm just <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and plug uh, diagnosing the lines real quick Sammy sure man we're gonna we're gonna do another one uh, I think starting next week talking about some uh, some of the futures now that Embiid and Harden seem to be going so well together. We're going to reevaluate the lines there, see if we like Embiid as our MVP pick, and we're going to start looking at some same-game parlays next week. And shout-out to our video producer, RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All-NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter, at Clinic All-NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic All-NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.